Welcome everybody back to Velo Sound. We got another interesting Sunday interview for you and today we are talking with somebody that a lot of people in the black metal scene deeply admire. I can only refer to my friend Rolf from Cologne's Finest in Ulfa. He always talks highly about our guest Omar from a lot of projects in Holland. Today we will talk mostly about his solo project, Iskander. So Omar, thanks for being on the show with us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Omar, where are we catching you right now? Where are you? Uh, I'm in my home. I'm in my house right now, um, chilling in my room. I was listening to uh, records and uh, cleaning some stuff and just uh, had a then, of pretty course, nice the day. The question must be, what have you been listening to? Uh, today, um, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, the Birds, uh, uh, the Notorious Bird Brothers. Super good record. I love uh, the 60s uh, yeah. psychedelic sound that they have combined with uh, country stuff. A little it's... bit of rock and roll and everything. Yeah, yeah it's really good. So, so Omar, um, I always have the feeling that you are kind of a workaholic. Is my is that just my impression or do you really like to work a lot? I'm actually, <laughs> I don't think any, my friends would describe me as workaholic because I generally uh, actually like to hang out and chill and don't do a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, Which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess what people mean when they say this is that uh, they, 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 they see that I produce a lot of music and do a lot of stuff with this. Um, but I don't know. I, it, it's even not something that I work on day in, day out usually. I mean, it's something I think about a lot uh, in my day-to-day -day life, but not something that I have so much time for to do all the time. So, no, I, I, I actually I wouldn't describe myself as a workaholic, but maybe... Um, yeah, I can, I can get why people think I'm maybe a m bit more productive in, in my music output than others. That is yeah. definitely something on which I base my assumption because you have a highly productive and also quality-wise a highly professional and really well-kept um, yeah, set of stuff that you do. You know, so much productivity coming from your way and uh, one of the things that we have to talk about, of course, is Iskander, who just, I hope I pronounced it correctly, um, who just released a one-off single called Glass. How did that track come to life? Uh, well, first off, uh, thanks for the compliment on my, uh, on my musical output. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Iskander, I, 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 I don't know if even I pronounce it right. It's a... Um, it's, uh, name it's an arabic in origin so probably i'm also pronouncing it pretty shitty uh, for an arabic speaker but um yeah iskander uh glas um was actually uh, a composition that i made when writing the album that i released last year called vergezicht um I wrote it in the same time and I also recorded it during the same 
recording sessions, but uh, in the end, I decided to uh, keep this a more minimal and acoustic track. And since it turned out to be pretty long, I thought, no, this, this shouldn't end up on the record, but just be uh, released as a standalone uh, song because I thought it was good enough but not uh, as part of the record because then it would be just needlessly long as an album. Uh, and actually, it's something that I, it's not really a, a, a tactic that I'm uh, super uh, aware of, but it's something that happens every time I, I make a, a, an album and then I have some uh, leftover stuff and some of it is uh, I, I feel is, is good enough, but just doesn't fit the album as a as part of it so i i released it as like an an ep uh later so i did it for every album with iskander that i did uh actually had kind of a similar uh way that it was developed so when this track comes class comes from the same recording session as gelder support right uh no as a vergezicht the 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 last full length that I did um, that that was released last year in uh, in uh, end of September. So, what also strikes everybody who listens to Glas is probably the kind of structure, the kind of instrumentation that you use. To me, I have a feeling I it's very close to nearly classical music uh, in a way. It has some very interesting instrumentation. Um, and it always seems a little outside of modern times, if I may say so. That is not a coincidence in your work, isn't it? Uh, no, I, I guess it's something that I, I consciously... Uh, yeah, it's something that I really like and admire in other, other music and something that uh, I, I think fits the mood of what I try to do with Scanner very well. Uh, Hopefully, uh, the yeah, it, I I guess it's it's you can call it class, like neoclassical or something. In a way, it has some uh, more elaborate chords and and picking and yeah and so, and pretty uh, melodramatic <laughs> chords and <laughs> harmonies. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's maybe it's a conscious uh, decision to 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 do this, or it's just something that 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 quite naturally uh, comes out when I pick up a guitar and just start playing and writing stuff. Then this is obvious. This is something that just happens. <laughs> it's something that I like, and uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, what do you mean with a coincidence? Well, what, what always strikes me is when I listen to your work, um, and I did always try to describe it as, it feels to me as if there is an historian doing black metal. You know, <laughs> somebody who is very interested in historical sounds, structures, and then he decides to turn it into black metal. But not classical or true Norwegian black metal, however you want to call it, but into his own version. So... Would you mind if somebody called you the historian of a black metal guild? <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. I don't think I would describe myself as such. Uh, I, I, I do have a huge interest in history and um, 
and I, I find a lot of inspiration in it. Uh, I also f find a lot of inspiration in what people's views on history. So not per se in a scholarly academic way, what exactly happened, what, what's actually in the archives of the historical record, but just what do people get out of a, a sense of being connected to a bigger history than themselves. Uh, and that can mean a lot of things for different people, but that's something that I'm, I'm always interested in and also interested in uh, um, kind of uh, uh, looking into myself to see what, what, what I feel when I when I think about uh, well, for instance, the the, the medieval times, and Middle Ages, or the, uh, the early modern times in Dutch history, uh, it's not something that I admire or something that I really celebrate, but it's something that that's interesting to me. And the same for for instance the the way deeper in history in Roman times, prehistoric times. Uh, yeah, it's something that I try to uh well move around and incorporate them in, in my work but not in a i don't think it's in a super celebratory way but just in a uh i think it's a, a fruitful um, fruitful um source of inspiration for music and especially for metal music which has been like very interested in in the gothic and the romantic and stuff since since black sabbath since the beginning mm. so do you even ins do you even consider iskander a black metal project uh well in the beginning definitely uh when you listen to the first records it's undeniably black metal uh back then i used i thought of the term obscure heathen black metal um, to describe it and uh, by now I've uh, let the obscure tag <laughs> fall away because it, the latest stuff doesn't sound so obscure anymore it's actually proud pretty uh, proud and open and uh, like very um, it's, it's pretty pronounced it's not obscured away in lo-fi super dungeon-y uh, far away reverbed out sounds it's, it's way more direct and uh, uh, triumphant, I think. So uh, the obscure didn't make sense anymore. So, but um, yeah, I think even the, the, the when you listen to uh, my latest album, Vergezicht, it's pretty, uh, there's blast beats, uh, there's shrieking, um, there's tremolo picked guitars, big chords, there's no palm muting. Uh, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's pretty obviously inspired by black metal music. But in, yeah, in my own way, I, I think, yeah. So when I listen to Iskander, um, it turns to me that I think the production that you've already hinted at, the production is also getting, not wanting to use the term better, but I think it's getting clearer or more straightforward. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it definitely has to do with uh, me uh, just developing my own skills also. Uh, because I, I record uh, everything and I write everything. And um, since uh, 
the second album, Eupresopon uh, Mink from Fluisteraars, it's, uh, it's kindly joined me and uh, performed the drums because I really can't drum <laughs> at all. But he, he's super good and I just tell him how the song goes and uh, send him some demos and uh, just a, a little bit later we're in the studio and he just does it super quickly uh, right as exactly as I had it. Uh, sometimes he comes up with a, a little uh, different part for some things but generally it just it's the way I write the songs and uh, but we have a kind of a similar way of uh, looking t- at music and writing music even though our bands are pretty uh, these bands are pretty different sounding they are different projects but it's easy to work together uh, but since he joined I think uh, also the just uh, the, the sound of the band is getting is bigger because you yeah you can do more with uh, when you have a good drummer <laughs> you know uh, um you also mentioned that you are interested in dutch history without being celebratory of it yeah um which also hints at that you look at dutch history from many different points of views um and then of course the question must be which parts and which time zones of Dutch history do you think are to be looked at more positive than others? Which things could be celebrated and which could not? Uh, that's a very big question. <laughs> um, but I mean, well, in, in, in general, I, I just uh, uh, the, the, the the Dutch nation uh, as it exists uh, just I mean for for a long time it was just basically a, a collection of provinces that that that's mainly defined by uh, by its uh, ability to create a colonial empire uh, and that's well something that uh, that's that's to me I'm I'm uh, extremely not proud of <laughs> it's uh, something that that i feel uh, deserves uh, more uh, more attention and uh and research and uh it's something that we have to be aware of uh and um well i mean in the other in another sense uh, uh every time in history is is you know, you have you have, you have um, uh, oppression and those who resist it, and you have exploitation and those who resist it, and uh, you have uh, uh, yeah, you have people who who want to uh, to uh, use well the military might or whatever to achieve wh- whatever goal and. Um, uh it's 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 not so much that i, I think if if, if not I'm, I'm now speaking a little bit as a as a historian even though I, i'm not really a, a professional in this field at all uh but if i if i can say so it's like um there's no time in history that we can be really proud of and then another time that we should be ashamed of like you, you just have to have to have everything every time 
has 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 an extremely uh, extreme amount of uh, different situations at the same time and and a lot of complexities um but yeah i think there's there's a lot to be found uh in every history um where people have resisted uh exploitation and oppression in different ways and that's something that's always super inspiring so when i get that then you mean that you like to celebrate some kind of not only dutch but in general human strife for freedom uh yeah i mean we're getting into <laughs> pretty serious uh, philosophical territory which is uh always a bit of a, a difficult place to be when you're coming from the context of a music interview because generally when uh, uh, let me just say like when i when i uh, generally when i listen to interviews or read interviews with musicians uh, a lot of them are pretty dumb me included <laughs> so <laughs> it's always a bit difficult to get into these kinds of topics about uh, the human strive for freedom uh, when discussing this but uh, yeah i mean freedom is is a is a relatively uh, uh, it, it means a lot of different things throughout the humanity uh so it I, I i i mean uh if you mean freedom from oppression yeah i, I guess yeah. yeah uh but it, it, yeah it really depends how you define freedom definitely but when we, when we look at the overall common definition of freedom AKA not being chained to any kind of oppression, any kind of prosecution, um, then I guess that is something that you would totally agree on, right? That, that that is something that can be celebrated. For example, the Dutch strife for independence in the 16th and 17th century. In general, something to be proud of, I guess. When we then think of what you'd already mentioned, the Dutch building a colonial empire all over the world using their economic freedom and their economic powers in order to enslave and occupy and dominate other people not something to be proud of right so that just like you said it's always the complexity of things well right and uh, I mean without really getting into a, a big discussion about it but this Dutch the Dutch uh yearning for freedom in the 16th i mean it, it really can't be viewed separate from uh the will to expand and be able to have their own colonial empire instead of the the, the uh, yeah, spanish one i mean it's really an inseparable issue um it's 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 not something yeah but it's a, it's a very complex topic it's, it's and not very really interesting something to get into these kind of contexts mm -hmm. let's get back to the music that you're writing for iskander yeah um when i listen to for example Vergesicht or also het graf or class Klas, i always it always to me sounds as if the tracks first of all were written on an acoustic guitar is that just my my imagination or is there really something to it maybe not for all tracks but for some tracks well um 
I think what generally it's just a, a general thing. If you hear an acoustic guitar in a finished recording, it's probably written on an acoustic guitar. And when you hear an electric guitar in the final recording, it's probably written on the electric guitar mm -hmm. uh, for me. Because usually I, I write different stuff with different with those instruments, and usually I end up using the the instrument that it's written on because then I, by then I, or when I have um, a picking part on an acoustic guitar, I usually it's just it's for, for me very difficult to 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 hear it in another way than being played on an acoustic guitar, and, I, and it's just something that I uh, that I stick by when when I write it like this. Uh, I mean, it, it happens a little bit that I write something and then it turns out it's better on on one or the other. But usually, when you when what's on the finished recording, it's usually how I write it also. So, for Vergezicht, when it's a, a riff on an electric guitar, it's probably written like this. Yeah. Um, several months ago, Iskander was turned into a, or you set to now be ready to perform your songs live. Um, does it also indirectly imply that the live staff that you will have on stage will also be involved in writing new material? Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, so uh, indeed, I, I'm, 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 I want to uh, to turn uh, Iskander into a live playing entity uh as well um because uh there's a little bit of a backstory to this uh we played uh the roadburn redux festival which was a streaming edition of the regular roadburn uh, festival uh with solar temple which is a band that me and mink also do uh back before we played this festival we were also just a studio recording outfit we had a demo and a full-length album out by then and walter the director of roadburn asked us uh, if because he really liked the album and he said uh, uh to us um that he uh, we talked to him before and he said that he was so interested because you could hear that that it was a black metal record but we both have uh, me and Mink both have a, also a big fascination with uh, 70s music, 60s music, a lot of psychedelic stuff, um, crowd rock stuff, uh, th those kinds of bands, Harkwind. Uh, and Walter said, yeah, it's so interesting to see a, a black metal band incorporate these elements like this. And then he asked us to, to do a commissioned music piece for Roadburn. And he said, um, you have a hundred percent free, uh, you, you're totally free to do what you want. Um, but what I want to ask you is, uh, I'm such a fan of what you guys are doing with black metal, uh, incorporating all these elements. And I'm just so curious to hear what would happen if you would, uh, focus on these elements even more, like try to deep deepen this, uh, 
uh, inspirational source and uh, try to see what, what, what will happen and if you need musicians for it and stuff. Uh, I, I, so he was really supportive in that way and, and actually we thought it was a very interesting proposal so we went to work and just started making music but kind of like left out the idea of having to have any elements of black metal left. I mean, if we would have come up with a part that really demanded to have a, a black metal feel, then we would have done it. But in the end, we were actually quite inspired by this proposal and just created something very new. Uh, and we found out that that we, by really altering the way that we usually played our music, uh, we came up with a way to perform uh, like a, a really psychedelic 70s space rock set uh with just two people which was very heavy if i remember correctly but uh, yeah yeah still, it was quite yeah. Like, yeah yeah i think so too <laughs> uh it was just a very fun experience and um uh so it, it it kind of led me on a path to to think about what to do with skander if i ever were to perform live because actually i, I quite liked the idea of uh turning it into a, something very different for a live stage because um, I, I really didn't feel like um, uh, assembling a, a band around me and just learning everybody the this, this songs and just performing the material that I already had live. Um, maybe I'm going to disappoint some of your listeners or maybe not. Maybe I'm going to interest them. I hope so. Uh, but the the my idea now is to uh, to develop a kind of a solo uh, performance piece. Uh, it's yeah that I'm gonna play uh, s some shows in the autumn for. Uh, I, I've written a completely new set of music, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm I, I'm hoping to to also turn it into a, a proper record uh soon but for now it's it's also nice to uh first uh yeah just play these songs live uh and see how audiences will react and stuff it's yeah it's gonna be uh different and i think <laughs> quite different than than a lot of uh yeah what what people are used to uh, expect from a, a black metal band but uh yeah i just thought it's it's interesting that that you you have a lot of black metal solo projects is almost like a a, a cliche <laughs> to uh, to have a, a solo project but uh, you don't see a lot of them live as a solo project there there's some uh, that i've seen and that i'm really uh, i was really uh, interested in and uh, also a bit inspired by uh, so um, panopticon is one, one that comes to my mind always but uh, he he plays with a band, right? I've seen him play with a band. But I think he also writes everything himself. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. But I, I think I've saw him with a full, like a, like what I yeah, what yeah, I explained. Yeah. Uh, he has a complete band when he's on tour. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you don't see a lot of them with just themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and, that, true, true. And, I mean, and like, just try how? to find a way to to do it, you know. Uh, and, and and still uh there, there there's some examples uh i will i will send you maybe some in the chat uh later because i i i don't uh i can't it. remember the band names off the top of my head nuit no. noir comes to mind but it's quite uh something uh a little bit uh, different <laughs> also 
when so we talk that... about your projects, there is also something that comes to my mind very often, and I'm really looking forward to your recording. You seem to have a fascination for churches, and that is something that I could see Iskander perfectly in you performing in a church. Would that be something that you would be up to? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of musicians, let alone black metal <laughs> musicians, who would say no to a performance in a church. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that, yeah, I mean, there are they there are venues, uh, and the acoustics are not really suited for usually for for fast and and loud music, but. Uh, I mean, uh, I've seen some performances in churches, and it, w it was also always magical. It, it just really works. Uh, so yeah, for sure, I'm. I would be up for it. Yeah. So it will be interesting to hear where you are playing your your new set. Um, as I said, if there is any church owner out there, you need some <laughs> interesting music in your church. Call Iskander. But churches also seem to have another kind of importance for you because on Eupresopon you had a cut-up cover of a church. Yeah. And mm -hmm. on glass you have a picture of a church window as we cover for the digital release. Um, that's not a coincidence, right? That, that is, church, churches seem to have a fascination for you. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh... I, it's it's I, I guess it's something that uh, that's also very uh, common uh, within this 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 music uh, scene. Uh, but yeah, the churches they are just uh, um, apart from what you think about uh, religion and uh, the belief systems that uh, were the source of these buildings. Um, it's something that that just uh, feels very inspirational. Um, yeah, it's uh, some of these structures were built like the f the first people that started building them wouldn't be alive to see the finished product. Product. No. It's just something that's uh, a culmination of a of a of a culture and of a people. Uh, and you see that's that's true for any big religious uh, structures like that throughout the world, and they're always. Uh, yeah, something of a, a pinnacle of uh, of a, a human achievement of at that time. Uh, so it's it's uh, they're always extremely interesting and always uh, inspiring because they 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 make you think about stuff that's outside of yourself and outside of daily life uh, and whatever that may be. In the in the past, it would have been uh, described as God or the their godly, the holy. Uh, and in other traditions, it's it's it, it means something else. But it's uh, and in the 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 the, the West now, uh, I mean it it means different stuff as well. <laughs> but uh, it's just something uh, that that's that's visually striking and very interesting. Um, so uh, and like I said, uh, it, it it kind of to me it it feels like a, a a portal those kinds of buildings and all the the, the gates and the windows and the, 
the pillars and stuff. They are kind of a portal towards this uh, uh, historical thinking, like the the, the, the the sense that you are in a place that has very, very, very deep roots uh, going back to uh, ages ago. And um, not even something to be that that necessarily ins inspires any proudness or uh, or particular uh, affiliation for the this this everything that happened in this history, but just the sense that 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 there's uh, there's been many many lifetimes before yours, and there will be many more. When you are talking about roots, then we also have to talk about the region where you and your projects are coming from in Holland, uh, which is called Gel. I hope I pronounced it correctly, Gelderland. Um, one of your EPs was even called Geldersport. Um, with my little knowledge of Dutch, I guess that this is either the portal to Gelderland or the harbor. Yeah, it's um, it's the gate. It's basically what it means. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're pronouncing it pretty pretty well. Uh, I, it's probably a di a quite different, <laughs> difficult for uh, people who are not Dutch to pronounce the <laughs> of well, Gelderland. For all our <laughs> listeners, I have to admit that I have a little advantage, being from Cologne in the west of Germany. Our own dialect isn't that far away from Dutch. And uh, in uh, our colonial dialect, we have a word which is called port, porta, or the ports, the ports, uh, the door. So that wasn't that right. far away from me. Right, um, right. But uh, when I looked it up, and I think I looked it up correctly, uh, you are from Nijmegen, right? Or you live in Nijmegen? Well, uh, I grew up in Nijmegen. Uh, and, and isn't that on the very, very close to the German-Dutch border? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, is there a connection between Gelderseport and Nijmegen? Is that yeah, for you a gate to, to yeah. Gelderland? Um, so, you have the Rhine River, yes. and 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 right uh, at Nijmegen. Uh, or like uh, 20 kilometers east of Nijmegen, it makes a sharp turn uh, westwards uh, towards the west of the Netherlands. Uh, there it splits in half. Um, the the biggest body of water goes into what we call the Waal, but it's basically the, the, the Rhine. The Rhine. Uh, and another part goes into the Neder Rhine, which means the lower Rhine. Yeah. Uh, and that flows... Uh, a little bit north of Nijmegen, uh, towards um, uh, Arnhem and Wageningen. Um, at this um, this area, there is actually uh, from the uh, second to last ice age, there's a elevated landmass. There's uh, quite some uh, hills and uh, stuff, which is quite for Dutch. <laughs> For Dutch people, it's quite high <laughs> because uh, the rest of the Netherlands uh, usually is extremely flat. But uh, there's actually some points uh, in this area which which reach like 90 meters above sea level, which for somebody that's from Amsterdam, it's it's uh, 
enormous. <laughs> it's a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but so you have on both sides of the Rhine River where it flows into the Netherlands, you have this hilly area and the Rhine cut it in half. And this area uh, is called the Gelder Support because it's kind of resembles a, a gate when you enter the Netherlands uh, from the Rhine. You have these hills on both sides and that's where you enter the Netherlands and enter Gelderland uh, when you flow downstream. So that, that's what, what's called the Gelder Support. And uh, there are some nature reserves, uh, old farmlands uh, in the lower laying areas around the river and uh, so, and uh, usually uh, forested hillsides on uh, the other side. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful area. And uh, it's something that really, uh, when, uh, when, I'm, when I'm there and I always, when I'm at the river and I see the hills or the other way around, it yeah, makes me think of, of being home, uh, which is, uh, th doesn't necessarily always involve being at your house, but just uh, a place where, where I grew up and I spent a lot of time yeah. in my youth. So, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, um, I get what you mean. So, have you ever thought about really going away from that region? Well, actually, I am. <laughs> uh, I'm now uh, residing in uh, Utrecht, which is in the the center of the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, I'm not currently living in uh, in Nijmegen, uh, even though my my family still lives there and uh, my friends and stuff. So I visit often, but I'm now uh, uh not currently in this area which is also what kind of inspired me to 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 uh to write the gelder support ep because it was right around the time that i left so it was kind of a uh a time of me to reflect like uh what it means to to be be home or not be home and uh, to leave the place where you grew up and uh yeah it's kind of uh it's it's, it's kind of a nostalgic but also not uh, just uh dealing with uh with those uh uh yeah feelings but i guess that your acknowledgement of the roots that you had or have in gelderland that is something that did not only come up when you left. I guess when I looked at your oeuvre, we'll also come to speak about something else, uh, what you did with Turia. Um, there seems to be a lot of love for the region, literature, culture. Sure, How did yeah. that come to be? Um, well... Uh... I think the interest has always been there. Uh, even when I was uh, growing up, I really enjoyed uh, reading about uh, history and uh, reading about uh, the way that uh, I was always fascinated, uh, for instance, when I was learning about uh, uh, the Roman Empire in like uh, preschool, you know, in when when I was lit, I don't know what to call it in Germany, and that's just basic school, uh, basic uh, education until you're like or primary school. Yeah, I think primary school, like until you're like eleven, something like this. Primary right? school. Yeah, so you have this this, and then you learn about the Roman Empire, which is so fucking long ago, and then there's, uh, but that 
you see that ra- the exactly the border of this empire uh, was at Nijmegen, and then you was hear the, about was the river. It was the yeah, river. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's why Nijmegen was 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 found like as a as a imperial outpost, and uh, they they were trading with the, the local tribes and uh, stuff like this, and then and then I was already uh, extremely fascinated like. Whoa, this was here, and <laughs> and and then you, the teacher would tell us like, yeah, you know this in this hillside, that's where their uh, big fortress would be. And yeah, it's, it's just something that that kind of um, uh, also lives in this city a lot because it's uh, uh, the oldest city in the Netherlands because yeah, it was already founded by the by the Romans and and they're fr- very proud of it. So. The, there was there was this big celebration when it turned two thousand years old, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and and it's just something that 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 we, I think everybody that grows up in Nijmegen really uh, uh, knows about this city. Um, so it's it's just something that's um, always been interesting for me, and uh, it feels very natural to uh, when when you start uh, to make. Uh, black metal music and you see all these bands that are uh, looking at their own histories and their own past for inspiration uh, be it Norwegian or uh, Swedish or whatever uh, German or French um, then it feels very natural for your projects to, to think hey what, what's around what's what's something that that I grew up with what's something that uh, that speaks to to me in this way and yeah it feels pretty natural to uh, to include it. Yeah. We have already mentioned Gelder support uh, very very often, and uh, it's also the name of the title track of that EP. And the second track on that EP was one of my favorite songs of that year, Het Graf, oh. the Grave, if I translate it correctly. Yeah, that's excellent. And it's also a family project, right? Because your dad is doing the vocals on it, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. How difficult was it to get your dad onto the record? Uh, yeah, well, it took some encouragement, but I think it was, uh, I, I kind of, um, uh, I ambushed him a little bit <laughs> because I, I already had, um, I was at their home and I had, uh, some sne- sneakily brought some recording equipment and uh i already I, had but looked at by accident i got a recording studio with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah some so, a very simple set of kind of like what i'm I'm using now actually and um uh because i he, he once uh, uh he once told me about the, this this dutch poet reinvis fight uh who wrote the poem that that's performed uh, on the on the music and uh I, I found this this poem by this uh, this poet it's, it's pretty old and uh I, I thought it was really good and very uh, very uh very evocative uh it's difficult for people that don't speak dutch to understand it but even for dutch people it's quite it's a very old style of dutch 18th but, century right yeah 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 uh so it's yeah it's very uh it's very archaic but i i really enjoyed it and um so i, I thought there's this is the perfect 
because I already had the, the, the music, but I didn't really know what to, it, it needed something else. And then I thought, oh, it needs, needs a spoken word poem. Uh, it just, it would fit very, very well. Uh, and uh, I already right away thought of this poem that I, I had read earlier. And then I thought, well, who else to ask but the, the person that introduced me to this poet? So I kind of ambushed him and he said, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I have a speaking voice and stuff like this, but uh, I, I convinced him quite quickly. And uh, we just started uh, recording. I told him, I don't think about it too much. Uh, he had to read it one time to 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 know the the, um, the meter, you know, the, the, the tempo yeah. of the of the sentences, but uh, in the end, it, uh, what's it? it's an old uh, style of poem, so everything rhymes very well. It's very well thought out with the meter, so it didn't take a lot, a lot of time. We just uh, did it, and then uh, yeah, I had to uh, uh, splice it up just a little bit to to fit it on the parts. Uh, but I, but there's not a lot of editing or something. It's just. Uh, uh, I had to make room for the for the big loud part in the middle, <laughs> and that's it basically. Yeah. How did he react to the final result? Uh, he 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 liked it. <laughs> uh, he was a bit. Uh, uh, how do you say? Uh, um, surprised by. He, he said, "Well, I I didn't know my my voice could sound." Uh, so musical <laughs> and i told him well that's the magic of music recording you know you can edit the tonality of stuff a little bit you know that make it uh, a little bit more pleasing for the for the listeners ears that's how they do it with every instrument and he was like well okay i never really thought about it like this <laughs> so um uh yeah i think he, he thought it would sound very dry and boring <laughs> and not really blend in with the music but yeah that's what that's what we do when we mix music, you know. So. Um, and of course, when we speak about Gelderland, we also have to talk about the record that you did with Flüsterers, with you being a part of Turia and right. together with Flüsterers, the Ort. Yeah. Can we expect the second part of it? With, with those bands, you mean? Yeah, so the art part two, or something similar. Um, I don't know about the art part two. I, I, it's not something that's on the on our plans right now. Uh, I think we we uh, was a very nice project that we did, and uh, really, it, really good script. Thanks, thanks a lot. Um, I, uh, we're also pretty proud of it because we thought uh, the, the the whole concept of, around it was. Uh, was something that yeah we spent a lot of time uh, thinking about it and uh, developing the how it should turn out um, uh, so it's um, it's 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 basically it, it, the ort is a very old dutch word of a, a place where two rivers flow into one um, so it's it's uh, kind of the opposite of what happens at the Gelder support, Gelder support, where the Rhine splits in two, yeah. but uh, our 
fluisteraars are, are more from the, the north of, uh, of this area. So they're, they're from uh, around uh, uh, Ede and Wageningen and Arnhem. Uh, and, and we are from the, the Waal. So it, it made sense to, to call it something where both rivers would like uh, metaphorically flow into one again to make uh, one record together. Um, so it, 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 it wouldn't make a lot of sense to do a second part for this. Uh, Not maybe for that, but could you imagine doing a second collaboration? Uh, perhaps, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we, not right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's not something that I would say like, oh, I will never do this. And then in 20 years, people would point to this interview and say, ah, <laughs> but uh, it's, if it's... anybody in 20 years pins back to this interview, then well, we did a good job then. Eh? <laughs> no, um, it's it's uh, I think Fluisteraars um, yeah, have, have a lot of stuff up their sleeve still. Yeah. Uh, so uh, people can expect a lot from them, but uh, not um, a collab uh, with yeah. Turia at the moment. No, no. Um, so we, I, I also took this as kind of a bridge to go to talk about Turia. Sure. Uh, yeah. When will we get new material? Uh, not soon. Not soon. Okay. Yeah. How, but there is another question connected to Iskander and Turia. How do or did you know if an idea was better for Turia or for Iskandra? Uh, usually, uh, when I was uh, when I write a riff, or I'm I'm playing on my guitar and I'm I'm, I'm writing stuff. Maybe it's a riff. Maybe it's it's just some a chord progression, or maybe it's a, a certain melody or something like this. Uh, usually it doesn't take a long time before I know where I want to use it. Uh, so it's just, uh, there's just an instinctual thing about it that, that I, it's not something I think about for a long time. It just feels very uh, logical uh, most of the time uh, to me, but I, I mean, I think a lot of people would have, well, a lot of people have said to me that they can usually hear uh, when I'm involved in a project, like, oh yeah, this, there's some clues <laughs> that make it a little bit typical, something that, that you're involved in, but usually they also say that they, that they, they understand why it's compartmentalized in different projects, that they definitely have a different vibe, a different yeah. uh, a tone to them. Um, and it's not just in the artwork or anything. I and mean, usually there's some pretty big musical differences. Um, so, but that's to me, this is also something that, that I, that I, that I, to me, it's very logical. So, uh, when I'm writing something, it's pretty easy usually to pinpoint it, but I mean, it did happen sometimes that I, I wrote something for one and it. Well, we, we were trying something in the rehearsal uh, space and writing something, and then we felt like ah, this is not working very well compared to other stuff. And then uh, uh, I tried it out with another project, and it turned out to be a very uh, way better fit. But I think that that's maybe true for like 
very very small percentage of, of uh, what I'm doing usually. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that happens uh, often that I have to switch it around in between projects. When we have been talking about Turia, then I would also at least quickly know something about the following three projects that you have been involved in. What is sure. the current status of Lubert Das? Yeah, Lubert Das is still active, uh, just without me. Um, I left the band in, uh, what was it, 2019? Uh, uh, they're still my friends and they're still part of Races Novio Magi and stuff. But uh, uh, to me, I, I, I also started to play live uh, shows with uh, Doll, another Dutch uh, yeah. Yeah, dark rock band. Um, and um, when I was asked, asked to come play with them, uh, well, they, they, they are a very... Uh, active touring live band uh, so my instantly my agenda was extremely uh, filled up with uh, shows um, mm. and I, I just felt it would be fair uh, I would do a disservice to my bandmates to uh, to keep on playing in the band because uh, then like so many times when they would have been asked to play uh, a certain show I would have to say no I can't because I'm I'm on tour with Dole uh, and it's just unfair to them because uh, yeah, they would be better if, if if they have somebody else who can dedicate more time to this. Mm -hmm. So uh, I left the band, and uh, uh, another friend uh, of, uh, took over the bass and vocal duties. Uh, I teach him the songs, and uh, they had uh, the first uh, couple of performances the last uh, couple of years with him. I think they played uh, they they played uh, a sinister purpose festival in Leipzig, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they are going to play with Vetboens uh, and uh, and Alkerdale in uh, in Antwerp uh, pretty soon. I don't know the exact date, October. but yeah. Uh, so this band is still active. Uh, just uh, I'm I'm not a active part anymore. So yeah. what about Nusquama? Uh, well, it's it's inactive at the moment. Uh, we uh, we did a uh, a record and uh, yeah, we uh, a did a record. thanks a lot. Um, yeah, we are also pretty proud of it. Um, and we did a, a whole couple of shows around it. Uh, we did some shows in Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, and we had a lot of fun. But it's a band that's comprised of people who have so many other projects and bands. That when we were I trying so. to to find time or inspiration to uh, to 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 think about doing something new, uh, we had to come to the conclusion that at the moment it's not uh, it's not feasible uh, to to continue uh, as a writing or performing band because it's just uh, people have. So, uh, I mean, we're all getting. It sounds stupid, but we're all getting uh, older in a way that we have more responsibilities yeah, yeah. with a, a family and, and and jobs and house and stuff like this so it's mm. it, it's it's getting more difficult to 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 uh, be in a rehearsal room every every uh, weekend um, yeah. so you have and to when the last thing 
which we already indirectly talked about, is Solar Temple. Uh, is there anything that we can expect from Mink and you doing record-wise, uh, touring-wise, anything? Uh, I mean, so we did this this Roadburn uh, Redux yeah. performance. Which was a nice one. Thanks <laughs> again. <laughs> um, uh, that's going to be released uh, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but uh, as we all know, the record uh, industry is pretty, pretty uh, fucked at the moment. So uh, there's going to be more news on this, but it was always, when we did the performance, uh, we were quite pleased with how it turned out and we managed mm -hmm. to make a nice, uh, uh, good mix of it. And um, we're, we're very pleased with the results. So it was always our, our intention to uh, to release it, but it's just uh, it's something that, that takes time. And, um, and especially nowadays when you have finished everything, the whole production is done then you have to wait a year <laughs> for final to arrive. So uh, we have to be patient still, but uh, it's it's something that we're working on. Uh, same goes for the performance that we did at this year's um, physical uh, actual road burn together with um, Daphne Endertals, uh, our, our uh, friends from Nijmegen. Uh, it's something that, that also we thought turned out pretty well and uh, so that's also something that's in the works to make a, a release from this. Um, we're going to perform this piece again uh, on the 8th of October in Nijmegen at Doorn Roosje. Uh, there's uh, a pretty nice one-day festival lineup, and uh, we're going to do a do a yeah do this performance again uh, in a club setting. Do it two weeks later at Doorn Roosje. <laughs> During Soul Crusher, you mean? Uh, no, just yeah. joking. Uh, um, yeah, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> uh, it's something exactly, that it's, it's it's, this is how it turned out. <laughs> All good. I don't All know good. what to say. All good. And I wanted also quickly to talk about Heresis Noviomagi, the sure of the label, so to speak, that you are running. Um, what must one question that I would like to know is like what must the band have to become a part of Heresis Noviomagi, or is it a closed circle? Um, well, yeah, I mean it's um, it's uh, it's a it's a label. Uh, it's very unlike other labels, I guess. It's just a, a a collection of bands from our friends, from our friend group. Uh, so what does a band need to have to to join? Uh, they have to be our friends, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which sounds ridiculous, but it's um, it's when we started out with uh, with Luberdas and and Turia. Uh, we uh, with Luberdas we re we had a we made a demo cassette, and uh, uh, we did it ourselves, and it it felt. Uh, uh, nice and interesting to to keep this production to just design everything ourselves and 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 sell it ourselves and um, keep it close to us uh and that's so when we started uh turia a little bit later than Luberdas, uh and we had releases for both bands ready we thought well let's just release it ourselves on cassette again uh sell it again 
back then we did it. People emailed us, <laughs> and we we they they PayPal us money, and we sent them a cassette. Uh, that's basically, I mean, that anything that um, it's not very far from how we do it now. Even though we we made a website and and stuff to make it a little bit easier to handle uh, all this, um, because there's, some, but basically it's the same principle. Uh, it's just uh, ourselves and uh, releasing the cassettes and um, and but by by now we developed relationships with uh, bigger record labels that could put out uh, CDs and vinyl and uh, yeah Eisenwald uh right uh but also uh amor fati productions in germany um and also uh, altara productions in portugal uh well and we uh, um we had a also a pretty good uh, working relationship with uh, fallen empire records something that uh, a label that doesn't exist anymore uh, but they put out uh, a lot of interesting stuff uh including uh the the, f the last full length of uh, libertas um uh what so what struck me when i looked up the discography of heresis noviomagi is that usually you had a year with one or two releases like 2021 following a year with several releases like 2020. now right. this is 2022 and we have not seen anything from Heresis Noviomagi nor from any of the bands involved. Must we be afraid? <laughs> I don't think you have to be afraid of anything. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, I mean, uh, this, it's maybe a cliche also by now, but just uh, COVID uh, put a lot of uh, stuff uh, in the dirt and. Um, it's difficult to be uh, as productive as before, but mm -hmm. there's um, there's definitely music coming uh, with uh, at least with Solar Temple and with uh, Iskander, uh, but uh, not. I don't think uh, there's going to be physical uh, releases this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. so in that sense, maybe uh, yeah, people uh, <laughs> could be afraid, um, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, when you do a lot of stuff yourself. Uh, it just it's extremely time time consuming. Definitely. Uh, that's that's the main the main. I mean, it's, I guess it's a, a a bit of a takeaway from uh, from this whole interview. It's just uh, uh, time uh, wise, you know, <laughs> and to be uh, musically productive, you have to have time, uh, yeah. and also. Uh, decision-making skills, I guess. <laughs> so, first of all, thanks for all these interesting answers. But of course, we cannot end an interview for Veil of Sound without our infamous quickfire round. Right, right. So, I'll give you 10 questions, always two alternatives, and you have to choose one of them and maybe give a short explanation why. Okay, Let's is there a time, like a time time uh, pressure, or is it something that I can... <laughs> Don't think too much. Okay. Let's start with something simple. Hawkwind or Motorhead? Ooh, Hawkwind. <laughs> but, okay. but I, I, this, yeah, it's something I listen to more often. That's maybe the explanation, but 
but this is a really difficult one. Bathory or Mayhem? Bathory, 100%. Yeah. Birds versus Stones? Uh, birds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a tendency here, right? <laughs> a little no, bit. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's just I, I find it interesting to see. No, I mean in my uh, answers, it's uh, it's quite. Uh... <laughs> no, Baffery, I I think it fits more to what you, uh, what what your musical output is, and birds is just because you we spoke about it. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, coming to your Dutch roots, Rembrandt versus Van Gogh or Van Gogh. Ooh, um, Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's more it's more uh, it's a really difficult one because it's so incomparable, it's so it's so different what they want to achieve. Uh, yeah. But just uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they are Hoff. comparable in one aspect, though. They both liked to paint themselves. Right. Captain Beefheart or Sir Lord Baltimore? As I know that you like your seventies music. Um. Ooh. I think Captain Beefheart. Mm-hmm. The German in me has to ask: Can versus Kraftwerk? Uh, can uh, that would have be... been a very easy one because they're from my hometown. Ah, cassette <laughs> um, versus vinyl. Vinyl. It's, it sounds weird for somebody that has a cassette label, but uh, mm. I, I enjoy the the size of vinyl also with the artwork and. Yeah. But both. Both are preferred to CD for me. Okay. Also to streaming? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't stream a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam versus Rotterdam. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think Amsterdam, if it would have less tourists. Okay, that is a good answer. But, uh, good. but I think in daily life... Uh, I still prefer Rotterdam, yeah. Okay. Two more. Writing and recording versus touring. Uh, writing recording. Mm-hmm. Last one, as we spoke about churches. Baroque churches or Gothic churches? Gothic, 100%. Okay. But... But can I can I suggest a Romanesque church? Yes. <laughs> Which one would you then choose, Romanesque or Gothic? Romanesque. Because they're older. Yeah, and I I, I really enjoy their simplicity uh, compared to the Gothic ones. Uh, That's true. That's definitely true. Omar, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for those lots of interesting answers, and uh, of course. Thanks for the music. Everybody, listen to Chlas. Listen to everything that he put out with Turia or with Iskandra. Omar, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Have a nice evening. You too. All right.